0: If you are visiting with us, let us say how grateful we are to have you here with us. And if you have taken one of those uh, attendance cards, if you pass those toward the inside aisles at this time, I have some gentlemen coming around who will be picking those up so that we can have a record of your attendance. We are thankful and grateful unto everyone who is here. While I was sitting in the pew, uh, just as you are now, last week, Michael made a statement as he was teaching about Nehemiah. And the statement was, mostly, I hope I get it kind of right, our nation grows weak and our state grows weak because of the weakness of the church, because of the weakness of the family, and because, ultimately, the weakness of an individual. We studied the idea of being a faithful individual last week, so let's piggyback on his... Idea and and explore the idea of a faithful and strong marriage. Can you imagine yourself being in the theater of that war and having the entire players of that theater called into a large, large debriefing room? And at one end of that large, large room there's a stage and many men with many brass uh, buttons on their uniforms come in. You notice their buttons are different from yours because they are much higher ranking. The man who takes the microphone is the commanding officer of the entire branch of the military. And he takes that podium and he says, Soldiers, we're not going to win. As a matter of fact, we have an offensive that is scheduled that when we go into it, half of you will die. I don't like those odds. I don't know which half I would be in, but I know which half I would not like to be in. And here's the battle that we're losing. It deals with our nation, our states, our cities. We're losing our loved ones, our children. Some may be even losing their own salvation and even entire congregations of the Lord's Church are being swung to and fro by this battle. Here's how it goes. I got hitched up, tied up. And I guess out of all these, this one makes me the most aggravated. I got a housekeeper. I had to settle down. I got a ball and chain. I lost my freedom. I got a boss. I was... I was roped in. Those are common expressions about what people will say about an institution that God created for our betterment. That's how people look at the idea of marriage. The matter of fact, when they, when they look at marriage, what they see is something that is recyclable. You can hear men and women even say, I traded her or him in for a younger model, as if it's a vehicle, and we just can go to the lot and pick out a new one. The real life situations that we live in, people see their spouses simply as recyclable. And whether you know that or not, that is a sad statement on us. Why why do they see us as recyclable? Why why use words like God hitched or or got a got a housekeeper or ball and chain? Why use those phrases? For as long as I can remember, the statistic has been quoted that Fifty percent of all marriages in America will end in divorce. It's not true anymore. Uh, At one point, it was over 50 percent. But see, folks from Generation X like myself and older folks couldn't figure this out, so we had to leave this to the millennials. They figured out how to narrow down that idea of divorce so they just don't get married. That takes divorce way down if you just don't get married. They don't have to worry about divorce, so, so the numbers go down. And yet they're skewed. And we look at the numbers and we say, that's way too many. Why is it so high? And, and I would contend to say it's because we're looking at a cross-section of our society. Our society is rampant with, with men and women who treat their marriages like that. Notice this particular statistic. From a couple of years ago, from a a statistic of just the Lord's Church in just the United States, less than 11%. Does that make you feel better? That makes me feel a little better. Less than 11% of, of those who are following after God have had a divorce. That makes me feel a little better. I can, I can kind of breathe a little bit. That makes me feel better because I was feeling very overwhelmed with 50 and 60 percent. And now there's nothing I can do. And, and my wife and I who have known each other for more than 30 years and been married for coming up on 19 years now. We're just doomed, right? Why do we see our marriages as a, as a place of destruction in our society? I think there's three or four reasons. You can look at and read Genesis 2, Matthew chapter 19, Mark chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You can see a great deal of information about marriage. In Genesis chapter 2, God uh, ordains marriage as Michael read for us this morning. That was the ordination of marriage and those rules uh, by which God says marriage is has not changed. A man and a woman cleaving, being glued to each other and they becoming one flesh. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus made one exception for that rule, that being uh, the idea of fornication. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, there is an interesting uh, section of Scripture there that deals with, but what if I want to go back? What if I have made a mistake and I want to go back to the person I'm supposed to be married to? God said, you can do that. And as we look at why we're losing our homes and and potentially why we're losing our country, let's ask the question, who? The reason why we lose our homes and we don't understand marriage is because we question who. Who created marriage? God did. Well, where where did he create that from? Did you say, did he just come up with that with his own mind? Yes, much like he came up with our world with his own mind and, and everything that we know and everything that we touch. Much that same way. And the church and government. All of those things that have been given for us that came out of the mind of God, we question why, we question who. We say God could not have created this union that it be for the benefit of mankind. Is that right? From Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 2, we see him create worlds. We see him create atmospheres. We see him create seas and land. We see him create mountains and valleys. We see him create, create all kinds of fish, all kinds of birds. We see him create all kinds of animals. Yet he cannot create marriage. This is the God who created all things. And we look at him and we say, you cannot create a system for a relationship that works for mankind. It's not true. He has created that, and he has created that perfectly. And when we stop questioning who has created it, then we learn to live underneath its boundaries. But until we stop questioning who created it and why they created it, then we'll never live under its boundaries. Notice this one. We're losing this battle because we question which. It's necessary to make this statement. Not every person has the right to marry. Go back to Genesis chapter 2. It has become a sad state of affairs when I have to make this statement. Then shall the man leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife those who have an opportunity to be married underneath God's marriage are men and women. Men to women and women to men. It's unfortunate that we have to say that. It is unfortunate. It has never been in God's plan that men marry men nor that women marry women. And perhaps you say, well, why not? And I would have to tell you, live a good, upright life and when you get there, ask him, I'm just reading you what he says. You have a right to marry a man to a woman. Notice secondarily there in uh, Genesis chapter 2. Therefore, or or Matthew 19 rather, Matthew 19 and verse number uh, 7 and 8. Therefore shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. Here's a man, here's a person who has a right to be married. Somebody who can get out of my house. And I know that sounds funny, but uh, let's explore that idea for a moment. And, and I'm not dealing with uh, adult children who may have fallen on a hard time and have to, after everything exhausted, have to come back home for a couple of months and then go back out. We're dealing with, uh, I love you girls, so here we go, those girls that live in my basement, get out. Here's the reason why. Let's suppose one of them gets married and they live in my basement. There are now two families in that house which husband is the head go ahead I'll wait and if you say you are because you own the house then I have totally taken him out of his, out of his role as a man I have, I have taken him out of a God given role and said you can't fulfill that role you have to kind of stay over here to the side I know it sounds weird when I say get out but the sentiment is there When when a man has the desire to marry a woman, he has to be able to provide for her and the very necessities of things in life. One of those is a place to live. Men and women have the right to marry each other and go start a family. And our laws say differently. Anyone has the right to marry anyone for any reason. Seems to me Acts chapter 5 and verse number 29 is still in there. Seems to me that it's still valid even when Paul or Peter says we ought to obey God rather than man. And we look at that and we say, well, if, if, the, if the United States government said I could not go to church Sunday, I would be there. Really? Well, let's talk about marriage for a moment. If God said you can't marry this way or you can't marry that way, would you still do it? Because it's the same principle. It's the exact same principle. This is why we're losing our families, because we question which. There's so much confusion about the, the forgiveness of God towards sin that, that, that our mind is cluttered with which. You know, if, if, if I obey the gospel, God forgives every sin. That is true. It is also true that you've got to stop doing those things. Is that right? Shake your head this way. That is right, which means I cannot live in a sinful state and, and, and be forgiven by God. That's just impossible. Scott Blackshear has a nice truck. Suppose I went to his house, and I just took that truck. You'd let me have it, wouldn't you? Well, I'll be over there tomorrow. <laughs> See, everybody heard you say <laughs> And suppose I went and stole that truck. And then Wednesday I felt bad about it. And I, I came down and I, I repented of stealing his truck. Y'all all knew I was going to steal it. I told you on Sunday. And, and I said, man, Scott, I am, I am sorry I took that truck. He said, don't worry about it. You, you know, you needed it for a couple of days. Enjoy yourself. And we squared everything away and, and we hugged each other as brothers. And we walked out of there and I got right up in his truck again and cranked it up and drove it to my house. You think I repented of that? Mm-mm. See, when I'm living outside of the bounds which God has provided, even when I go down that watery grave of baptism, I can't go back to that sinful lifestyle. God can wash away sin, but he can't wash away sin that hadn't been committed yet. And he can't wash away sin that I won't repent of. We're losing our homes because we question Who? We lose our homes because we question which. Notice this. We lose our our homes because we question what. When I do counseling for men and women who are going to be married, there's inevitably that day where I say, do you have any questions? And then when I say that, I go like this. Because I know there's scares coming. Well, what if a I knew a guy that. Now, now, what about what if? What if a man and a woman get a divorce and and the the man is putting the woman away and she's not yet committed adultery, but he thinks she will, and so. He just puts her away through a, through a divorce from the state, and then he just sort of sits back and lets her fall into the hole. And then he says, now I've got her biblically. Can, can. Loopholes are dangerous. Let me tell you the mindset that comes across when we try to find loopholes on what God's plan is. I can outsmart God, do what I'd like to do in my marriage, and He still be required to save me. Let me say something to you with all the loving kindness I have in my body. There is not a soul alive, including the one behind this microphone, who can outsmart God. It's just not going to happen. And with God's plan, even in God's plan of marriage, there are no loopholes. And let me tell you why you are glad about that, because God also has a plan for salvation. And there still are no loopholes. We question what? As if God has not known the thoughts and the intents of man's heart and and can't figure out what man wants to do and has to do. and, And as if God does not want what's best for me and you. We look for what and what ifs and loopholes. And for some reason, our marriages disintegrate and we think, why is that? We lose our marriages at times because we ask why. Why don't things work out for mankind? That question does not have to be a question simply of, of marriage. That question of why things don't work out for mankind can be in any facet of his life. Why don't things work out for mankind? And I'm going to give you the answer that my girls are sick and tired of hearing. But it answers all these questions. When we don't do things God's way, there is a problem and it will never work properly. That's the reasoning behind it. Why? Because we didn't do those things God's way. Why is is it such a problem in marriage? Because we're not following God's word. Why can't I do things my way? Because Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 will say, your way will lead to destruction. Let me point you out to a man in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 and 2 who did things his way. Even though he was given wisdom, by God, even though he was given riches and honor and fame by God, here's a man who decided to do things his way and he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. 700. If you just do the math spitballing on that, there's at least two women with a birthday every day. I don't know about you, but my wife likes for, especially for her birthday, she likes it most of the time too, but for her birthday to be all about her. Split that in half, see how that goes for you. Why can't I do things my way? 700 wives. That's why. Because you don't know what's good for you. Why can't marriage be easier? Scratch marriage out. Let's put life in there. Why can't life be easier? Because it's not easy. Neither is marriage, because you have two people with two different mindsets, two different opinions on how to clean the clothes, and sometimes heads butt. It's marriage. Learn how to work it out and get over it. Move on with life. Turn over to Genesis chapter 2, and verse number 24. That was read for us this morning. I'd like for us to go back and look at this. Genesis chapter 2 in verse number 24 for some reason my forgetter is working better than my rememberer this morning therefore shall a man leave his father and mother cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh you want marriage to be easier you want your marriage to succeed it's it's extremely easy Stop questioning and do it God's way. Have a man and a woman. Be made have their own place. And then there's this word cleave. I remember when I was growing up. Everything that comes on TV, by the way, is true. I don't know if you know that or not. There was a superglue commercial and the superglue company had glued an elephant upside down on a bar. We would we'd lose our minds with animal rights activists today if we did that, but I don't think he was actually glued, but think about that. And would, They just said he was just, just holding there. That's how powerful of a glue superglue is and was, and if you've ever gotten your fingers stuck together, You know what they're talking about. That's the exact same word found in the word cleave. Be glued to one another. Stuck to one another. Unfortunately, stuck in the good times and in the bad. Leave father and mother. Cleave to one another and have a life. Become one. Become your own family. This is how we strengthen our marriages. Once we have a a group of men and women who are faithful unto the Lord, and when they get married, that's an unbreakable bond. Those are men and women who are facing in the right direction, looking to to, uh, be faithful unto the Lord, and and live the life of service not only to the Lord but to each other. You can't break that bond. And there will be problems, and there will be days where you want to pinch his head off. And I don't, do y'all say that here? We do now. There, there, there will be days where you're aggravated. There will be days where you're, it's just wonderful. It's hard because it's life. That's why it's hard. Back when I was growing up, there was a television show that used to come on on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock. And that would be the night my mother wanted to go to Walmart. And that would be about the time when I would say, I can't go, 18's coming on. It was a catchphrase by the leader by the name of Hannibal, and he would always say, I love it when a plan comes together. When we stop questioning who, what, why, and we stop questioning God about what he would have us do and how marriages should be, then that plan will come together. And God will be glorified in our marriages. That plan of marriage is not only the plan of God, or not the only plan of God, rather, that he has established. He's also established a plan of salvation. And it's necessary to follow that plan of salvation, just like following that plan of marriage, in order for those things to work God's way and to be most effective. We mentioned last week about being... A faithful individual in the Lord's church? Are you a member of the Lord's church? If not, why not? There's no better offer on the table. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 8 and verse number 32, the Bible will tell us that the devil there is is the father, the source of lying. He's only going to tell you lies. You can have this and that if you just wouldn't follow God. That's not true. That's just not true. What God offers is peace here by knowing you've been faithful to him and the peace that will come later. What God offers is salvation from from me. God offers salvation from my bad and dumb choices. My choices that, that don't make any sense, that only gratify and glorify me. God offers salvation to those who simply say, I believe I can do it better. Through biblical faith... If you will repent of your sin, Luke thirteen three. If you would confess that Jesus is the Christ, John 14 and verse 6. And if you'd be baptized in water, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, for the remission of your sins, Romans 16, or 6, 1 through 4. You can be added to the very family of God today, Acts chapter 2 and verse number 47. By the pen of Jesus the Christ. If you've never done that, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. And brother, sister, if you've done those things and yet you find yourself with life being difficult and things not going right, when you look at your life as compared to that standard and you see it lacking, would you not come back to God? Would you not work his plan that that really and truly works? And perhaps you have done that. and, And as you look at your marriage, you think, and our marriage could be better. It very well could be. Make a resolve today in your marriage to follow God's plan and stop questioning who, what, when, where, and why. Follow God's plan and have that plan lead you into heaven by being a faithful child of God's to his. Today, right now, while we stand and sing.